Well, Vision Sunday is always an exciting time of year. So is that. It's good to see you all and uh, we're actually this um, year having a Vision Month because we just felt that there's way too much to share in just one Sunday and so next week we'll be talking more about the vision as well and then the week after that and the week after that. Well, a couple of years ago, I was invited to go to Antarctica. I know this is probably news to some of you, but I actually went. I actually went to the science station in Antarctica. Um, I drove there. I was there for about half an hour and then came back for dinner in the evening. Of course, Antarctica at that time was at the National Museum. And you see, it was a 3D presentation that we got invited to go to. And uh, so we went there and we sat down in our chairs. There's a little room of about 30 chairs, 30 people at a time. And we sat down and we put these goggles and we put this big uh, headphone thing on and we were actually in Antarctica. We were there. Um, we sped in, came in by speedboat and I was feeling a bit nauseous by the time I got there because of the waves and the chopping around and so on. We went there and we went up to the, uh, the, the science station there and had a look around the science station, saw what everyone was doing. That was pretty interesting. But then we went out, we walked out to a colony of penguins, which was absolutely fantastic. We were surrounded everywhere you looked. Penguins right around you, just waddling along. It was so cute. One went over my foot. It was that close. They were all around me. I've got to say, listen, I'm an animal lover. But I had to, like, just to see whether I could get one. And all I proceeded to do was kick the chair of the lady in front of me. But, but I had to do And then we flew up in a helicopter. And I'm not good with heights. Okay, we flew up in a helicopter and I was sitting there, I was looking out the side like this and it was so far down and there was no door. I thought, if I fall out now, I hope I'm strapped in because if I fall out now, I'm dead. It was that real. I actually saw it. I would have plummeted to my death in that moment. And then a year later, I had the opportunity of going to Darwin. And I went to Darwin. On the wharf in Darwin, there's another museum about the Darwin bombing. And sure enough, you walk in there, you pay your money and you sit down and you get the same set of goggles and, and for, who's been to the Darwin Museum? It's fantastic. And so I, I put my, my goggles on, I put my, my headphones on and, and I thought, well, this is incredible. This is wonderful. Until I looked over to the right. And as I looked over to the right, I saw 150 Japanese Zero bombers coming my way, fighter planes. And I was looking at those and then all of a sudden they started firing and there was bullets strafing around everywhere and I was ducking and weaving trying to miss the, the bullets and then a bomb exploded next to me. 
And there was a boat there and there were some Australian soldiers there and they went flying through the air and I thought, I better get out of here. I'm not going to survive. It was scary. It was terrifying. And then the next minute, I was just about to squeal like a baby, but I didn't. The next minute, I found myself in the air. I was in the air with a fighter pilot of a Wirraway fighter plane. And I was looking down. I thought, I can't handle this. This is horrible. And I was up in the air and then our plane got hit and the tail of the plane just blew up and the plane started plummeting. I thought, oh no, we're goners. And so what happened was the pilot ejected from his plane and I was out in the air, floating in the air. I thought, it's all right for him. He's got a parachute. But all I got is my 600 mil Coke that I got at the canteen. It was so real. It was unbelievable. But the most amazing 3D experience of all was when I went and saw Avatar 3D. Anyone see Avatar 3D, the original? I, I went and saw that and I've I got to admit, on the, on the one hand, running through the jungle, looking around, running through the jungle from tree to tree with tall blue people, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. That jungle was wonderful. But there was one particular scene where I was just standing there, minding my own business, enjoying the sights of the jungle where this panther, this, this big giant panther dragon type animal came out directly at me and his face was right there and he almost bit my head off. And at that moment, I did squeal like a baby. It was terrifying. You know, after all those different experiences, I'm just lucky to be alive. You've you got to understand something here. I wasn't just watching a scene. I wasn't just watching a movie. I was actually immersed in it. it, was, it I was there. It was real. You can't convince me otherwise. Kitties here today, I'm telling you, giant blue people and, and flying dragons, they do exist. The title of my message this morning is 3D Real. 3D Real. It got me to thinking. Imagine if our experience of Jesus was more 3D real. Imagine being able to walk the Via Dolorosa, the way of the cross, with him on his way to be crucified. Imagine actually being there. You, you look into his eyes as he stumbles and he falls under the weight of the cross and then a Roman soldier pushes you down and says, grab hold of the beam, you're carrying it for him. Imagine seeing the real brutality, the real agony of the cross. Imagine actually being able to hear the Son of God's voice audibly. That's something I've always wanted. I, imagine, what is his voice like? Imagine hearing his voice saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he looks straight at you with those piercing eyes. I mean, what, what if our understanding of the word of God, 
What if our understanding of the Bible was, was like multi-dimensional, that the revelation of it literally jumped at you and pierced your soul and pierced your spirit so that what you were reading, you could understand at a greater depth. Imagine what it would be like if we were given a 3D perspective of our situation, our circumstance that we're living in, but from God's point of view. Wouldn't that be something? I'm sure that if we had a 3D real experience like that, it would take our, our love and it would take our understanding to a, a, a dimension we've never known or thought of before. I think that much of what consumes us in this temporal world would lose its lure, lose its luster, or at the very least it would be framed with a a more important godly perspective. Well, this year, if we can this year, we want to go 3D real. We want to focus this year on the reality The reality of a relationship with Jesus and the down-to-earth ramifications of what that means in everyday life. Let's get real. Our overall theme for 2024 is simply keeping it real. Keeping it real. Just being authentic Christians who love Jesus and serve Jesus and follow Jesus and speak about Jesus. Authentic. I was reading a passage of scripture. It's a passage written by the Apostle Paul. And this is what Paul says in this passage. He he basically says this. He says, now, listen, I'm giving you the truth. Let me give you the truth. Let's keep it real. Let's get back to basics. And then he actually uses this 3D strategy I've been talking about long before 3D was invented. He gives us this 3D strategy to get his message across. And we're going to have a look at his message from Romans chapter 8 today. Let's start with the context of this passage. In Romans 8, 18, he says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. That's the context of this passage. And so this is what Paul is about to tell us. This is what he's talking about in Romans 8. He's saying, the truth is, let's be real now, this temporal life, of our existence at the moment, it's full of struggle. There is hardship, there is heartache, there's various degrees of suffering involved in this life we live. But this is nothing compared to the glory that's coming our way. That's what he's saying here. On the one hand, there's suffering. On the other, glory. The suffering is temporary, but the glory is Reality is what he's saying. So with that in mind, let's look at Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. I want you to understand this this morning. Paul says, what can we say about such wonderful things 
as these. He's talking about experiencing a foretaste of this glory that is to come. He goes on. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us when God has chosen us for his own? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No. For he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honour next to God pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? I mean, even the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. It goes on, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, angels can't, demons can't, our fears of tomorrow, our worries about tomorrow, sorry, our fears of today, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. And listen, here's the 3D approach. You ready for it? Whether we are high above the sky, height, one dimension, or in the deepest ocean, two dimensions. Nothing in all creation, that's the width, three dimensions, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. See, Paul is saying something incredibly profound here. He's saying... Listen, I'm going to tell you something that is so incredibly real. No matter what dimension you look at this, it rings true. You can bet your life on this. Yes, this world does have its difficulties. It does have its trials and hardships, but an even greater reality. You get that? An even greater reality, an even greater truth. You can't reach the end of its height. You can't reach the end of its depth. You can't reach the end of its width. Is this that God loves us so we can live in overcoming victory? He says a similar sort of thing. He uses this same approach in Ephesians 3, 17 and 18, where he talks about having been grounded in love, being able to comprehend the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love, that we can know the love of Christ. Wow. In fact, I hope we understand this this morning. In fact, Living in the love and the victory that Christ has won for us is more real than anything that the world has to offer. And so I want to expand this briefly this morning. I want us to see the reality of this and and just encourage all of us today with our relationship with Jesus Christ. 3D real. First thing I want to draw your attention to is verse 31, where Paul says this, God is for us. 
I'm pretty excited about that. God is for us. He is not against us. You know, I've, I've heard people blame God for all the trials and all the things that they're going through. Saying, why did God allow this to happen in my situation? Friends, that's because we live in a sinful, broken world. That those sorts of things happen. But I just want to remind you today that he is on our side. He is for us, not against us. That means that he extends to us his love and his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and his kindness and his patience and his guidance, his comfort, his encouragement, his healing, his strength, his support, his companionship. His truth, his wisdom. I love, he extends to us his permanence. Think about that. That he is always with us. In fact, I sometimes think as Christians we miss the boat on that. We get this image or this understanding that Jesus walks with us hand in hand. But it's a lot deeper than that. Because the Bible says that when we give our lives to Jesus, he's in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. (laughs) I I think we miss that. I, I think we don't fully understand that. The things of this world may rise up against you and I, but he'll always be for you. He'll always be for you. That, friends, is the reality of what I'm talking about this morning. Next thing that Paul says in verse 32. God gave us his son. So why wouldn't he give us everything else? (laughs) I love that. He gave us his son, his most precious possession. So why wouldn't he give us everything else? And I just want to remind you this morning that he is a God of generosity. He is a God of abundance. I love Lamentations 3, 22, 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never Come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You know, if if God had just, and I say just in inverted commas, if, if God had just sent his son to save us, that would have been the most generous, outrageous, greatest gift for us who are not worthy of so great a price. But because of his love and because of his grace, because he is so rich in mercy, he gave us the Holy Spirit and he gave us his blessing and he gave us his intimate presence available each and every moment of each and every day. Friends, that's the reality. And I know I'm speaking to a majority of Christians this morning. Many of you have been on the way for a long time. But friends, if this doesn't still move you, (laughs) that God loves us. 
He gave his only son for us. And on top of that, he's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us his blessing. He's given us so much more. What a generous God. What an abundant God. We need to be excited about such a great and mighty and awesome God. Next thing that Paul says. Verse 33, I love this. Who can accuse us when God has chosen us? (laughs) Wow. Who can accuse us when God has chosen us? You see, the enemy, he makes a habit of throwing doubt our way and throwing accusations our way In fact, he makes such a habit of this that in Romans 12, it tells us that he is the accuser of the brethren. It's one of his titles, accuser of the brethren and sisterethren. Just wanted to throw that in there. But listen to what it says in that verse in in Revelation 12.10. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. I want you to understand something. The accuser has been cast down. No point saying to the devil, man, you're going down because he's already down. The accuser has been cast down and because of that, we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is this. We don't have to listen to the accusations of the enemy when we know that we are chosen by God. Salvation through Christ is the antidote to accusation from the enemy. I love 1 John 3.8 says this, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. This is my paraphrase, says the devil's been sinning and grinning from the beginning, but Jesus came to destroy the works, so we're winning. We're winning. That's the reality of it all. I I think it's worth getting excited about. Here's the next thing Paul says in this passage. Verse 34, how can we be condemned when our risen Saviour intercedes on our behalf? (laughs) He starts this chapter, chapter 8, by saying these incredible words. So now there is no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. There is no condemnation. And friends, there is no condemnation. One, because we belong to Christ Jesus. Two, because the power of the Holy Spirit has freed us from the power of sin. And then we've read in this verse now in verse 34 that Jesus continues to plead for us. I think they call that safe as houses. How good. The reality is this. We don't need to live in defeat when we've already been given the victory. That is a truth 
as real as the air that we're breathing. So then we get to the finality of this incredible chapter, chapter 8. We get to the grand crescendo of this chapter uh, by Paul. In verse 35, it says this, Therefore, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. The word actually means nothing. <laughs> it means zilch. Zip. Nada. Diddly squat. Zero. Naught. Nil. Goose egg. No way. Jose. It means nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. So, friends, the reality is this the reality. I use that word intentionally. The reality is this, and I guess you're just going to have to get used to it today. I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to wrap your mind around it and understand it as being the reality. You're ready for it. You are permanently and unconditionally loved by God. Well, Pastor John, I've been a Christian for a long time. I know that. I've heard it all before. So have I. I've been around longer than you, maybe. But it still stirs my heart. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong. He loves us. He loves us. We mess up. We're broken. We're sinful. We think, oh man, surely I would have my act together by now. He loves us. He loves us. You know, the gospel doesn't get any deeper than that. You want deeper teaching? There it is. It doesn't get any deeper than that. So what does it mean in our everyday life? What means this? When accusation and condemnation try to settle on you, when things come along to try and rob you of your joy, try to rob you of your purpose, you simply make a declaration of faith. And this is the declaration you say. <laughs> no. I'm a child of God. No, I'm a child of God. When those things come along and try and destroy your family, no, I don't put up with that because I'm a child of God. When things come along to attack you, when illness and, and sickness and, and, and things and bad reports come along, you say, no, I'm not accepting that at this stage in my life because I'm a child of God. That's the 3D reality. See, so often we accept less because we don't see the reality of our standing in Christ. 
So this year, we're simply going to keep it real. Our theme, keeping it real. No masks, no facades, no silly blue and red glasses, no two-faced charades, no double standards, just down to earth people who love Jesus, who are living in the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of His Word, keeping it real. Let's just close our eyes for a moment this morning. Thank you, Lord. The greatest truth, the greatest reality for your and my life is this. Jesus, God's son, he was sent to earth to live a sinless life and to go to a cruel, rugged cross so that he could pay for our sins and he could take our sin upon his shoulders so that we could be forgiven and that if we accept his free gift of salvation and if we follow him then we're forgiven we're restored back into a right relationship with God the Father and we enter into eternal life. That, friends, is the reality. That is the gospel. And all we need to do is accept Him as Lord and Saviour of our life. There may be people this morning while no one's looking around. There may be people here today and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life. You, you know church, you know religion, you know a few bits and pieces, but the reality is you've never accepted Him as Lord and Saviour. You've never made that decision to follow His ways. And this morning He's inviting you to come and have your sins forgiven, to turn from the way you're living to follow His ways because He loves you and He died for you. And he wants you to know him as saviour of your life and Lord of your life. If there's anyone this morning and you're thinking, yeah, that's me. I want to accept Jesus as Lord and saviour of my life. I want to follow his ways in my life. While no one's looking around, can I ask you to just do one very simple thing? And that is to just raise your hand. That's your acknowledgement. I'll acknowledge that. You can put your hand down again and then we're going to pray as a church, inviting Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life. Is there anyone today that says, yeah, that's me. Why don't you raise your hand? Why don't you do that now? I'm just going to wait just a moment or two. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you.
a brother who has said this morning, yes, I just acknowledge you as Lord and Saviour of my life. Lord, I pray. Lord, we thank you that you took his sin, my sin, our sin, upon yourself to a cross so that we might be forgiven. Lord, we pray, Lord, that he'll accept your forgiveness of his sin, turn from the way he's living and follow your ways. Lord, that he'll invite you to be Lord and Saviour of his life. We ask this in your precious, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Friends, this year, let's just be real. Let's be real. No facades. No. Let's just love Jesus. Let's know God, become more and more like Jesus, and make a difference in our world, hey? In fact, that's so good, I'm going to preach on it next week. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? 